Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And on today's episode, I am so proud and honored and humbled to be bringing you this incredible story of an amazing woman, Chantelle McAllister, who is a rural photographer. And I've been lucky enough to be doing some business coaching with her over the last year and watch her grow and expand and hustle and bring her dreams to life in the most magnificent way possible. And I'm not even going to spoil the ending here because it is such an amazing story and I encourage you to listen to it to the very end. It is two Queensland girls chatting about business, chasing dreams, figuring out what works and and how to do it. But as a, a little intro for you, and we go into more detail in the episode, but Chantelle and I signed up for coaching um, before COVID and we started planning out her business and the workshop she was running and her travel and, and she was ready to, to scale and to grow. And we had some plans in place and she was off doing them and then COVID hit. And like most of my coaching clients, I got emails and phone calls saying, help, <laughs> I need to get in the diary. And I remember the day that Chantelle called me and it was like, hey, I'm in trouble. Everything is gone. It's all gone. And I am the sole income earner for my family. Help, help. What do I do? And I'll let her tell the story. And I tried my best to pull out all the details and step it out step by step because there's so many lessons. And Chantelle was so generous in her honesty and her exact numbers and what she did and how she did it and it's an absolute testimony to why she's had the success because she is a very generous honest humble hard-working woman who has a dream and wasn't prepared to not make it work so I will leave you to experience this incredible story of somebody who completely transformed their business, their life, and their family's life, and a lot of people around her, all of her clients and the people that she's working with, in and amongst a year of absolute chaos and global pandemics and loss and and change. It is a incredibly inspiring story. And for those of you who are internationals, she also shares a lot of um, awesome names and towns and background into the Australian outback um, communities and lifestyles. So I really enjoyed that part of her story and everything about what Chantelle has done and achieved and her mindset and her deep sense of purpose and why and showing up with generosity and abundance is exactly how business is done. Like you want to know how to have success. You want to know how to set up passive income and scale a business and, and completely pivot in the middle of losing everything and, and not becoming a victim to those circumstances. Chantelle will share with you everything that she did and how she did it. And what I love most about the story is that it really goes to show that anything is possible and all of this business advice and skills is available to 
all of us. And Chantelle shares all of those stories and was was very generous in letting me share how we did our coaching as well. So it's a bit of a free coaching session from us both, but I hope you enjoy the story and I cannot wait to hear what you think. Um, you're going to love it. I have no doubt about it. Enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome to the podcast, Chantelle. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, especially when I get to showcase people who've been in our community for such a long time and celebrate your wins, which have been incredible. And I'm so excited to dive into the real nitty gritty of everything that you've achieved in such a crazy year. Yeah, it ha- it's been really odd. I've been trying to think of, I was like summarizing my year the other day to someone. I'm like, if I could put it in one year, it's just odd <laughs> what yeah. we've all been through. Yeah. Uh, I was just chatting to my little sister actually. I was lying awake for from about 3 a.m. till I reckon 4.30 last night or this early this morning and I was like, come on, go back to sleep. And then I was like, all right, it's not going to happen. I'll just, you know, what is my brain processing? And I was like, I was dreaming about being so tired. And I was like, I think my body was trying to tell me that I'm really tired. I'm tired. <laughs> like when you start dreaming that. about that you're tired in your dreams. Like, yeah, there's something yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what, it has been a massive year and it's easy yeah. to, you know, ride the the Christmas joy and um, and forget that your body is also decompressing from being in a very tense state most of the most of the year yeah absolutely I feel like I've just held my breath like Mm. since March it's just been like running and yeah just trying to figure it all out well let's dive into this because this is a juicy story that I think is going to really help and inspire a lot of people and I'm personally very inspired and motivated and proud of everything that you achieved this year um, but let's start with maybe just introduce yourself and your business model and maybe let's just start with what it looked like pre-COVID. Yeah, cool. Well, I guess like when I tell my story, it sort of, it has to start a while back or it seems quite random uh, what <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm yeah. so, I'm originally from Brisbane. I'm originally a city girl, but moved to the country when I was in my early 20s when I fell in love with Ashira. Mm-hmm. So then I started working uh, in the wool industry, like in the wool sheds, um, yeah, with sheep and wool. Um, and I started photographing those, the wool sheds and just documenting my life in there because it's like so vastly different to anything I'd ever experienced in the city. Um, and then that's how um, my first, um, well, that's how I launched my photography career. So back in 2013, um, I was just taking some photos and was like, hey, I'm actually pretty handy at this. So I started a Facebook page and, um, yeah, just kept sort of plodding along and started selling photos and shooting families. So wait, you, did it, you didn't even have photography background. You are just taking photos well, of your life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. Well, I've always had an interest. So my dad is an unreal photographer. He's never done it um, commercially, but he's this incredible um like I guess you call him a hobbyist but he's totally at a professional level and he um has always documented his life so he had a parachuting accident when he's 50 and to like any like 
crushed his tailbone, had a couple of pins in his spine, and to rehabilitate himself, he started bushwalking, and then it all sort of escalated to, well, evolved, I should say, to him. He started walking all around the world. So, like, in his 70s, his early 70s, he was walking through Nepal and um, got, like, three days away from Everest Base Camp. Like, he's just insane and he's always documented his trips around the world so that's sort of I loved that about him like he could go somewhere beautiful and go to places that like 95% of the population would never go Mm. and he'd document it with his camera and he'd bring it back so he's always he spiked like my interest in photography and he gave me my first camera when I was 12 a little Kodak Mm. slimline film camera um so I've always loved photography I've always done it um, but it wasn't until I was doing something that I yeah was just so amazed by that I Mm. decided well I'm gonna maybe I should start it yeah I'm glad you brought dad into the storyline because he's gonna come (laughs) into it later some of the stories that you've shared with me I think is amazing um so but I love um that idea too, because I mean, that's exactly what Startup Creative is all about is turning your passion into a viable business. And when you're genuinely passionate about something and you're doing it because you love it, like that, that is when it became, it's easier to make it a business, right? Because you don't set out to necessarily make money off it. You're doing it because it oozes your passion and something that you are creating for creative sake. Yeah, absolutely. And it almost feels like like when I was working in the sheds, I was a clock watcher. I was like, I cannot wait till 5.30, knock off and have a beer. <laughs> but like these days, it's just, it's like you just want to achieve something every day. And there's so many little wins every day. Like it's almost as if I have an addiction <laughs> because I wake up and I want to work. And then like, even after I put my son to bed, I'm like, I just, I just want to work on my business. It's just something that is now so part of me and it's brilliant that I can now support my family with it it's just Mm. sort of as if the the money that I can bring into my household is like a a, like an added bonus (laughs) because Yeah. yeah it's just I'm so passionate about it And I think this is where people get so unstuck and it can actually be the procrastination or the self-doubt is because we think, you know, and I I wrote about this in my book and like the first chapter is like we're programmed to be like go to work and do whatever needs to be done. And But the reality is that there's people all around us right now going, I love this and I would do it for free anyway, but let's see if I can get paid to do it and are doing it. And that's the whole, like, that's our whole message is like, it can be done. Like we, this is the the world. This is the paradigm that we live in right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I just don't, like, I've done the sort of nine to five and I've hated my job and I've lived for the weekends. And like, there's so many times I've just thought like, there's got to be more to life like this than hating five days of your week to Mm. just live for the weekends. But now it's just like, I don't know, every day is great and it gets even better on the weekends so you can enjoy all that hard work you've put in so yeah I just don't understand people that have a passion and um it's a little sad when they just don't go after it because things can be amazing (laughs) yeah actually I've just finished reading The Alchemist and finally that you've come from that um, wool (laughs) 
shearing side of it because the story is the the shepherd who goes in search of his treasure and the number of people that he meets along the way who are like oh yeah I was on uh, you know on on a journey to my destiny once and then I gave up and there's this really amazing line in the book that's like eventually you know life is going to stop prompting you or opening doors or giving you little omens to say it can be done because it knows you're not going to do anything about it anymore I love that. I love yeah. that. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is, but it's kind of true too. It's like it just gives yeah. up on you. Like, you're not yeah. taking it. I'll just give it to someone else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So tell me, what did I'm just quickly, I was intrigued. What yeah. do you do in the wool sheds coming from the city? Well, it's. <laughs> It's a job I had never heard of when I was in the city. So I'd never even experienced a working wool shed till I met my partner, Jason. So um, he's a shearer, so he actually like shears the sheep. Um, and I started out as a wool handler or a rousey, it's the slang term, mm-hmm. and um, then studied and um, had a couple of years of experience and then worked my way up to wool classer. So that was my main um part of my career in the decade what, so wait did what did you do like I feel like our international oh, listeners you. are gonna <laughs> really love this part of the story tell us what so, happens in an Australian wool shed in the outback <laughs> so with a wool handler my first job we prepared the wool for sale so um, a lot of other countries around the world they don't prepare their wool like it gets shorn off a sheep and then it gets thrown into bags and then it's processed. But with us, because we've got such amazing wool, like us in New Zealand and parts of the UK and stuff like that, but mainly us, <laughs> um, we'll prepare the wool. So we take off the inferior parts and then, um, you know, like bits of wool will fall off on the floor and then we've got to clean up after the shearers and um, keep the shed organised. So that's what a wool handler does. Yeah, um, it's a, and they're quite noisy, smelly places, aren't they? Yeah, like re- really. I remember wash. I had to wash my hair every single day because everyone's like, "Oh, mm. the lanolin so good for your hair and your skin." It's just working with grease <laughs> all day. <laughs> but uh, having said that, though, like I, I love it's for me. It's sort of like you know when you go to like a live concert. Mm. And there's like that electricity in the air. Like that's what it's like in the watershed. There's so much going on. And then like we always have music pumping and everyone like sort of has a laugh and it's, mm. it's really high energy. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's Amazing. such a great place to work. So you started taking the photos of of this process and this job and this lifestyle and yeah. just put them on a Facebook page or a website. Yeah, I just started with the Facebook page and I remember I was so nervous <laughs> publishing mm. it um, and I got 200 likes overnight and I was like, oh, my God, that is what is going on. Um, mm. And then How long ago t- was this? So it was 2013. Yeah. Um, and not many people were uh, showcasing shearing, especially on social media. Like it was really rare to find good coverage of um yeah the wool sheds on social Mm. media so what i i just like instantly fell into a niche um Mm. so it sort of gained momentum pretty quickly and then um 2017 i decided to um do a bit of traveling around australia by myself and i started a campaign called the truth about wool hashtag truth about wool (laughs) um i just did what i was doing 
um, with my normal like shearing team, but just did it more on a national uh, scale. So I was visiting teams and wool growers and photographing them and telling their story just to promote the industry. And like we were getting um, uh, mistruths about the industry, like sheep being mistreated and that sort of thing. So I wanted to not hit back, but educate. So like, this is actually what goes on. Like I've been in the industry for 10 years and I'm a city girl. So I can understand Mm. from both ends, like where we're coming from. Um, And I tried to be like that bridge for them so they could be educated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So was that a paid thing or you're just doing that as a hobby still? Um, I had a small bit of funding just from groups within the industry, like sharing teams um, that just wanted to like keep me on the road, Um, but mainly self-funded. Yeah. I would just, (laughs) I would go and work and then uh, I'd go and photograph and travel until I maxed out my credit card and then I'd come back (laughs) home classing and pay off enough so I could go again. <laughs> wow. Um, that's all pre-kids. You can do that before you have kids. <laughs> yeah, take the risk. How long did you do that for? Uh, so it was nearly a year. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I got right across Australia um, except for like right up the back of South Australia that I covered later on when we were a family travelling. So, um, yeah. yeah, and then... Yeah, oh, so yeah, 2000, what from, happens then? Yeah, so from from there we just, um, I came home, fell pregnant and. Um, That'll, that's what happens when you're away for a year. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then, you know, I had this newborn and Jason was still sharing and that's all he's really known really is work in agriculture because um, he's also from a sheep property in southern Queensland and we were sort of like well how can we all stay together I don't want to be you know essentially a single mom and he didn't want to have a kid and then have to travel away all the time for work so Mm. we decided to buy a caravan and um we traveled for uh the first two years of Travi's life and um Jace was sharing and then it sort of got to the point where he was just exhausted like having a newborn and traveling and doing that really physical work of a sharer, I could just see him like sometimes I'd just look at him and be like, man, you're dead inside. Hmm. <laughs> so, and, you know, you get paid on volume when you share as well. So, you know, he'd gone from earning, you know, 1500 two grand a week here in Queensland and then we started traveling. He started getting below 1000 a week. So I was mm. like, well, that's not, it's just not working. So, um, yeah, we just had a good talk about it. And I was like, look, I had run one or two workshops um, when we were back home in southern Queensland um, just teaching, like, beginner photography. Mm. I said, well, why don't I just give it a go? Like, all I have to do is make $1,000 a week and you can have a rest. And, like, I just finished breastfeeding, so I was free at last. Mm. And, um, yeah, so we're just like, well, we don't really have anything to lose and if it's not working, Jace can just go back sharing. Mm. So we... um, yeah ran our first workshop and it sold out within the day and then we wow. so wait yeah. let's let, let's break this down how did you <laughs> so you just said okay I'm going to teach people in who are in their shearing um industry like the like um in the community sorry was that the um, outback kind of community yeah so I just put it through my um Facebook page and Insta so I 
um, had a bit of a following. I think I had about 11,000 on Facebook and maybe about 6,000 on Insta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just put it out there. I said, look, I want to teach photography. I had um, a beautiful friend in Jamestown in South Australia who I chatted to about it. She's like, come and run it in my woolshed. I'll cater for you. We've got sheep here. And I was like, well, that's a really cool thing to do. Like you don't really see that like photography workshops being run out of woolsheds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was something unique to do. And I was also reaching people that would be interested in shooting the things that I shoot. So, um, yeah, I just put it out there and I think we had like 18 people in the first workshop, which was full on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ran one the next day a little bit down the road at another woolshed and it just sort of kept tumbling on from there. So we would put a call out on my social media, like we would decide where we wanted to travel um, <laughs> and then um, we were running two, like a workshop every Saturday and Sunday and just run them in the towns we were headed to or along the way and just put a call out and say, hey, we want to run a workshop, you know, near Broken Hill. Um, and this is the path we're taking. Would anyone like to host us in their woolshed? I'll give you a free seat. And, um, yeah, that, cause country people are beautiful anyway, and we always help each other out. So, um, easy to find venues. They would tell their friends and, you know, like you would maybe assume teaching in small communities that you don't have a big number of people to teach, but out here, like we get forgotten a lot. So it's hard to get photographer like professional photographers like right out the back of broken hill or you know in the middle of new south wales because it costs them an arm and a leg we've got to jump through hoops to get funding they don't quite understand like what we're about um what we want to shoot so much like I'm just thinking about it now and how you know giving it as advice from your story and I think it's a the first thing I think of why it works so well is that you spent so long building a really genuine community like you were just showing up for that community before you you know became like what 2013 the Facebook group started page started and then it you know it wasn't till 2018 that you ask people to buy from you and I think as a business coach and um, people you know email and say oh I don't know whether I'm ready and it's like if you can just start building your community then you have genuine trust right yeah absolutely yeah and they all (laughs) they all knew like they all know who we are so um, like I remember Jason was in South Australia and he was doing shopping for one of the workshops and this girl came up to her and she's like this might be weird but like I know you, is that weird? And he's like, yeah, that's weird. (laughs) And he totally spun out. And I'm like, they just, I've always just put us on there because I'm like, well, I would, I just wanted to educate them and give them Mm. a look into what life is like on the land. And um, I don't have time to, (laughs) I don't have time to, for all the fluff and fakeness as well. So I love that when people meet us, it's like, well, I'm meeting the exact same people that we've followed for eight years on social media and I think so, yeah, yeah that, that, I think that's beautiful too because it's also easy to get caught up in like how can I go big how can I you know do this but there's so much power in niching down and also being your so connected to your target market like I think that and I'm from Queensland as well and there's definitely a you know I'm from the coast of Queensland but there's especially in Queensland that state pride and it's like mm. when 
you know, for you, especially in the outback as niches it down even more of like once if you understand them and you can speak their language and this is relevant to any business, whether it's creative entrepreneurs or people in the outback or shearers or whatever, it's like you, if you understand and speak their language, then you're trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I'm the same with businesses that I buy from as well. Like if it's, I would prefer to buy from someone that like I have followed for a while or like I don't have to necessarily like get on like we do and show the kids and stuff. But um, yeah, it's sort of like that like, know and trust thing that's, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So let, this is where the story starts to get interesting. So you're yeah. running workshops, you're doing the things, 2020 happens. I think we'd already maybe done some coaching pre-COVID um, and, mm. you know, very much Chantella's very a hustler. So she dives in, she gives me a call, we go crazy for an hour and then she'll <laughs> she'll come back in a few months and be like, all right, I'm ready for my next injection and then... <laughs> I'll hear about all these wins, which is how today's podcast came about. But let's um, let's start with you running these workshops. They're doing well. You're the provider for the family. You have two kids? You got two kids or one? Just one. Just one. Yeah. One. Yeah. Travis. Um, yeah. Travis and uh, COVID hits. And Ooh. yeah, tell me. Talk, let's talk me. Talk me through that phone call that I got. I remember it must have been March, was it? Oh man. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it was not long after we had got home. So we were um, we were in Victoria, like as far away as we could possibly get from southern Queensland. We are like right down the bottom of Victoria at Port Ferry. We were about, we were going to do the big lap of Australia um, this year. So um, we were about to go into South Australia. We had so much stuff planned. And then we kept like getting all this you know, watching the news, like this is, this pandemic's getting worse. And, um, we called it really early. Uh, I just, I felt like to be socially responsible, I couldn't be around, couldn't be traveling so much and then be around people. Um, cause I just thought of like, imagine if we had it and we spread it through all these towns and they go take it back to their properties and, you know, grandpa's out there 90 years old. Like I just couldn't, get my head around the possibility of that so mm, I think that a, like we will talk to tell the story but I think that is one of the keys that of to your success is that you were on top of it and you called it early and you were really proactive yeah oh, yeah absolutely and I just I think what being the only because Jason at this point was still stay-at-home dad and having the only income I felt very protective of it as well like I didn't want to like we take risks all the time, but they're sort of um, not educated risks, but you know, like there's a bit of thought put in there. Mm. Um, so yeah, we called it, um, must've been like the first week of March, second week of March. And we stayed down in Port Ferry for a week and then caravan park started closing. The Queensland border was closing and um, we were just like, we need to bunker down somewhere. So we went back to Jason's family farm in southern Queensland and me and Dara and we landed there on the 26th of March 
Mm. Um, day after Travi's birthday, he spent his second birthday <laughs> racing mm. border closures. <laughs> uh, that um, just got goosebumps. It's so surreal. What, like, just uh, going, Queensland border is closing and you won't be able to get to it. <laughs> it sounds like a movie. I know. I know. And then because we were like fully panicking and I had like people from my online community writing to me going, you're not going to get home. I know someone in New South Wales and you could like bunker down there. It was like a war was about to happen. Mm. And then we were like, you know, we're just going to risk it. And how we get home all the time, like we go through Mungandai, which is sort of um, west of Gundawindi. It's a small town, but um, it sort of gives you access to Maureen. So we sort of came up that way and we were expecting like <laughs> you really showcasing how weird Australian town names are. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's not even, it's not even <laughs> half of it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it was just a, all it was was just a sign in the middle of the road going, this border's closed for the pandemic and how like the little virus sign we're just like okay we just drove around and went home um and we isolated for two weeks but i mean we were isolating on the farm which is 100 acres so it was just sort of like we'd gone home for Mm. a couple of weeks um yeah and then i um not long rang you so i think actually it was um a couple of weeks after that i rang you yeah Maybe, yeah, and I was just like, so our entire income stopped. Um, I yeah. didn't have a single cent coming in because I had put everything into running these in-person workshops. Um, I wasn't cheating families anymore and, like, we couldn't do it anyway because well, we were isolating and all the restrictions were coming in. So, um, And, yeah, and I think on. you, um, a few photographer clients actually, I think, had this around, um, we, we had people who had already paid for tickets, right? Oh, man, so many. Yeah. So I had sold a, um, a retreat, a two-day two weekend retreat, um, and the tickets were, gosh, I think they're about $1,600 a pop. And I'd sold 10 of them and it just stopped. And we'd also sold four workshops um, out around that as well. Um, And then I had like. So at this point you're out of pocket, like you have to refund these tickets. And, (laughs) you know, like. Yeah, I think altogether it was about 24,000. And most people were like, we get, I sent an email out to everyone like, we've had to return home nothing's cancelled it's postponed I'm not in the situation to refund you um but if you could just hold tight I'll give you credit for upcoming stuff or we'll work it out later Mm. um so we got to a point where we had I'll never forget this figure 426 dollars in our bank account Mm. um our credit card was over the limit the banks had frozen all their loans we're living with the in-laws um to make things worse, our darling little puppy died. Well, she wasn't a puppy. Oh. She was seven years old. Um, all of a sudden, she passed away. And, um, yeah, and I think I talked to you not that long after and I was just like, help. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a time. And, you know, to, mm. to know what you've come from and um, how you approached it is so, so inspiring. And, yeah. <laughs> Well done. Right, let's um let's get into this this part of the story because this is the fun part. I mean, all of it's a great story, but juicy part. 
<laughs> and the reason that just for those listening, Chantelle and I have shared, um, chatted about this story, obviously checked in um, a few weeks back and I said we need to put this story out there because it's um, it, it's an example. Well, what we were trying to dive into was like how does somebody go from that situation of like $400 in your pocket and you're out of pocket as well with all these other people who you know, may or may not want their money back or that you may or may not be able to serve, $0 coming in. Like so many people in that situation would just go, I'm done, you know, like <laughs> let's get some government money in or whatever. Just like really it's, I think there's back to the alchemist book because I feel like it's very on point for your story. You can choose to be a victim or you can choose to be like, all right, what am I going to do here? And I think that's what, like, I remember that phone call and, you know, my recollection was that um, you're like, I've just lost everything. I need to go online now. Teach me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what to do. How do I get online? And you know, that was, I was like, I was in that state of being like, I was devastated and I had lost a lot of work, but I, and I was a little bit panicky, but I was in a, up in Byron and quite well looked after. And I remember being like shifting my business, just my whole energy was like, how can I be of service to all of my clients right now? And was getting a lot of those phone calls. But your story in particular really stood out because not only did you make that phone call and say, and I think we chatted every every week for a couple of weeks there. And yes. you were like, give me more. What's the next step now? What do I do? I've done that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So talk me through what you did. Ah, oh, well. <laughs> your answer. So, yeah, that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, I, I didn't want to do anything that, like I wanted to do what I knew and what I was good at as well. Like I think that was sort of why this has been so successful too because I didn't just go and like do something random and cross my fingers that it's going to work. So um, the workshops that I had been teaching, you know, twice a week, every week <laughs> for like a year. Um, what I was teaching, I put that all online. So I set up my camera in our farmhouse and I um, talked them through the different sections. of. So it was a camera basics course. That was the first course that I put together. Um, and then you and I put together um, pricing for it. So we had two different um, tiers of pricing. So one was purely self paste um that was like 199 and then we had a vip tour tour tier Mm -hmm. that had um access to me for six weeks and was like more of a intensive one so the um yeah so we priced that one at 399 um Mm -hmm. and that one sold out so i opened 20 seats and that one sold out in i think it wasn't even two days that Mm -hmm. vip one which was just like such a relief. Um, the money was great um, because I was like, I can stop asking the mother-in-law to buy us groceries when we go shopping now. Um, with, but, um, with, with how long did it take you to sit and film and get it online? It was a solid, um, I would say four weeks because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, like I'd, good at photography but I had to sort of then go in and teach myself a bit more about videography and um, there's no professional lighting set up here so I remember I started filming in the wool shed but 
like all the noise around and the lighting wasn't quite right. And then I um, ended up painting, moving all the furniture out of one of the rooms in our house and painting a wall white. <laughs> I called it my influencer mm-hmm. wall. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like recording took a long time. Like it wasn't because it was the first time I was sort of sitting there talking to a camera and being totally inside my head. Um, yeah, Did you doubt yourself in that process? Like even I know that when I sit to record, it's so easy to get caught up in perfectionism and, you know, the, all the self-doubt that's like, I'm a good public speaker or am I articulate enough or did I say, did I give enough of the advice? Yeah, I, I did, yeah, a lot. And I, I found myself starting to be something that was like totally outside of who I am. So I tried to make it really professional and got like really dressed up for the camera and I didn't, you know, like when I teach workshops in person, this is how I talk to them. Like they're really casual and laid back and I want to be really relatable and easily approachable during my workshops. And when I eventually got so frustrated because it was taking me so long to put all these videos together and I was just like, I'm just going to try pretending that camera is someone and like I'm talking to them Mm. um I yeah it came so easy to me then and which I love that I sort of relax and let myself do that because that's one of the main things well main feedback that I get from those people that do the camera basics course is that it was just so easy to learn with you and it was like I was just you know you're just sitting in front of me like we were just chatting Mm. over coffee about how to shoot on your camera and I was like that's what I, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yes. So you hustle for four weeks, you paint the walls, you get it all up online. Um, <laughs> you know, I think like we, I remember we would be like, what, com- what platform you end up doing Kajabi for that first one. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Purely because they just have like everything sort of built in there. Yeah. Um, and I re- actually remember being really proud of you in that moment because you know, especially coming from a lot of loss and not having, you know, that cash flow and getting something online and, you know, as much as you can put your everything into an online thing, there's always that fear of like, is anyone going to buy this? And Kajabi is not a cheap platform. But I remember being like, um, we weighed up other options and you went with Kajabi and I'm being like, yeah, she's backing herself. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was it was a tough decision to make too. And I just, um, I remember when they first charged me and I was like working out, like I'd have to sell this many to recover that cost. And oh my God, that cost is every month. And like, mm. yeah, I did seriously doubt whether I would make a profit just mm. from paying that every month. But, you know, now it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, it paid off because you were able to get this professional looking thing up there and and once you invest in it once, then it, beca- it becomes a, a proper vehicle. It's like investing in good branding or um, mm-hmm. photos and stuff. So how much did you make off that first course? So the first one, um, I've got all my figures written down here. <laughs> I love uh, this. Little... <laughs> I love how honest and open you are. I think it's so it's so powerful to help people. Oh, thank you. Um, 6179 I had 20, so that was at $3.99 a seat. Um, that's with the VIPs. But a lot of the people that joined in that time was credit from, um, you know, they'd already signed up, pay for yeah. other in-person workshops. And I was just like, instead of a refund, come and join us. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and then we, that was in May. 
Thank you. I remember, and this is, guys, the story gets even better. Stay with us. Um, (laughs) Is the, um, I remember you being so stoked. You're like, it worked. (laughs) And and then you didn't stop. I love this. You were just like, right, what else can I do? (laughs) Yeah. So, well, after that, so in um, June, the start of June, I then um, put together an editing basics course. Um, like photo editing in Lightroom. So it was, I found this was easier um, to put together. It took me two solid weeks, like 12 hour days, seven days a week um, to put that together. But it did come easier because I was just like, don't be like super wanky, just (laughs) be yourself, let it come out. And it was um, really easy. So I love that just as a quick side note for that, there's two really important things that you can pull out if you're listening is A, what else does this target market need from me? So if I've given them, you know, basics, what else are they going to need? And then you can identify another offering that you either upsell or there's maybe more people in your audience who already know basics, but so they didn't buy that. And so now they want, you know, what else can you offer? And then um, two is that passive income. People think, oh, yeah, I get passive income. I do these big courses. But I love that you share about doing 12-hour days for two weeks because passive income will work, if you, but it will take work in the lead-up and then you can scale it quicker. Yeah, absolutely. So we, when people sign up to the Camera Basics course, so it's still going now, um, you know, two weeks to go, I then offer them the editing basics course and then that's for eight weeks and then I also offer them I've then created presets as well for using within Lightroom because I'm like well they're going to (laughs) need need these as well so it's a constant I just want to nurture them the whole way as well like as much as it's awesome passive income um I know as a self-taught photographer like I'd get to the end of shooting I'm like I need to edit okay and now I'm editing I want some presets and um yeah it's been brilliant it just rolls on it's, yeah. yeah, and it's just keeps showing up for the for your target market, and and I think you know I was writing about target markets for my course coming up, and the I was like I cannot stress enough how much you need to know your target market, <laughs> and this is exactly why because the more connected you are to them, the more you understand their needs, and the more you can show up to be of service, and when you do that from an authentic place, they're gonna keep buying from you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm constantly asking them too. So at the end of every course, I send them a questionnaire and I'm just like, was it what you expected? Was it priced fairly? What do you want to learn next? What are you struggling Mm. with? And I look at that every month and yeah, that's Mm. part of another part of the story that I guess we're getting into with the storytellers. That's how the storytellers was born. So I love to, because I feel like they change as well. Like they're evolving as photographers, they're getting better and their needs are changing too. So I love to um, be able to grow with them. Mm. Awesome. And so, yeah, what happened then after we have this success, we sell. So yeah, keep rolling us through your numbers there. Yeah. So then uh, we had the editing basics. So to date that's, um, 6,785, 15 mm-hmm. students. Um, I actually don't know about the presets. I dropped the ball there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's a few thousand, I think three or 4,000 there. Um, mm-hmm. And that was in June. And then in July, um, I did my second round of VIP 
with the camera basics and I put it up from three ninety nine to five ninety nine, which was so nerve wracking to do. And I, lost I remember that this conversation. I was like, "It's too cheap." And I'm like, "I don't know. Are they going to pay that?" And you're like, "Just do it." <laughs> um, yeah, and well, the so thing I, just, I mean, we're giving away all of the coaching advice that you paid for, but the reason why I said it was need to put it up is because. Um, you had validated the idea and we were also looking at how engaged you were with the community. And I think that's the other really important thing for people to know about why Chantelle's model works is you didn't just put it up there and leave it. You were highly engaged and very available and you still are. And even on your social media, you know, you're very present and you you know, you, sh- you show up for people. So that's why I said you, you know, the, what you're putting in, you know, and you're validating that people are going to spend it. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So cool. with that second one, uh, I still had, I call it COVID credits. So I still uh-huh. had to pay people back uh-huh. for um, credit they already had with me. So it made less money. So it was 5,186. Um, but I paid off, was able to pay back a heap of people. And I think we had, Mm. we had 20 students. So we sold that one out as well. Mm. Um, that's July, August. Um, I decided that was the last VIP round that I was going to do. Um, Mm. so I could focus a lot more energy on the next phase, give them something more. Mm-hmm. Um, and take their photography up a level. So we still did the five ninety nine, but this time we took on fifty students. Um, there was only a small amount of COVID credits. I gifted a couple of seats to people um, just because I was in the position to do it. People I knew that was, you know, struggling with like. I guess it comes back to my wool industry days. The wool prices had absolutely bottomed out again. And there was a couple of people that I know wanted to do my courses, but they were like, I can't do it. We got a really bad wool check. So I was just like, I can do this. Mm. It didn't cost me anything. Mm. Um, So I introduced a payment plan as well. Mm. A third of people took me up on that and it was 15,882. Wow. Triple that. Yeah. So good. It's incredible. And this was um, the 50 VIPs, wasn't it? Yes, we had 50 yeah. in that one. Yeah. 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 I think there's that level of urgency too, you know, where, and you're getting better at what you're delivering. And what were, just quickly on that, what were some of the strategies you did for onboarding? Like what did you have a big, long, you know, lead up or, you know, how were you telling people and how often were you reminding them to come and to buy from you? Um, I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't very good at launching back then. <laughs> I've since done a course in launching courses, which has helped a lot. So I actually get it now. Um, but I was just putting it out on Instagram. So I would start um, two weeks before they went on sale and then they would be for sale for two weeks. So it was sort of like a month of um, like I would just for the first two weeks just be like, this is what we, we do in the VIPs and I would share my VIPs work and no questions I'd answered. Um, and then when it actually went on sale, then I would be telling them about the actual course and just be like, 
this is exactly what you're going to learn. This is the mm. photos you're going to take. Um, this is the last one I'm doing and this is why. Um, mm. But it was just through, yeah, through my community. Mm. And it's not really in social media world I don't have a massive following like I think between Facebook and Insta there's 28,000 but I mean for and I think what I love about it though is like you don't need huge numbers you know like and especially because you're just trying like you're you know you're bringing in any money is good money at this stage in your life you know without with everything (laughs) having pivoted in yeah Um, to recoup some of that. So you, you, you do your $15,000 launch in August, then what yes. happens? And then um, I wanted to go even further. So that was the end of, so Camera Basics, the self-paced one was still open, is still open, um, but the VIP was ending in um, end of September and I decided I wanted to teach something a little further on. So I, well, we came up with the Storytellers Academy, which is um, for people that don't necessarily have to be shooting in manual to join us in here, but it's a yearly membership and um, it's very driven by the Academy members. So every month we, I put a call out and I'm like, let me know what you want to learn this month. And they'll vote, and the popular vote wins. And then, so that's on the first of every month, we do a vote. The last Saturday of every month, I release a new course to them. Mm. So they get to learn. And I made it specifically for rural photographers. So out here, like, there's not a a lot of studio shooting and beach Mm. shots and, you know, like buildings and whatever. Like, it's more you can apply this to your everyday shooting in your with your rural lifestyle. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just taking them up a notch. And so many people, like, they would, they have learnt with me and they were looking for something more. Mm. Um, so, yeah, came up with the Storytellers Academy, which um, when it first launched, I put nine courses together, nine, mm-hmm. seven, nine, nine courses. <laughs> and because um, I wanted to give them something huge to start with and just be like, and like get a really clear vision of like this is the awesome stuff I'm going to get for the next year. Mm. So and yeah. it's that value, you know, like over delivering and just being like, you know, I think that's consistent throughout your story is like you show up with quality content time and time again, and people get to the academy and go, wow, I've already, you know, got my money's worth. Yeah, well, there's so many people that like they came to me when they have just bought a camera and they're like, I know how to turn it on. And they are now shooting in manual. Like they're looking into starting their own business. They're taking the most incredible photos that are like, like there's a girl that's been published in, um, Grazy Her, which is a rural woman's magazine out here, mm-hmm. which is massive. Um, wow. country style magazine, newspapers. They're mm-hmm. all just like stepping up. <laughs> And it's, I've been there for their whole journey and it's just like, yeah. I remember looking at your photos going, there's potential, but now I'm just like, 
mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it, it, this is what business is all about is like showing up to be of actual value and that somebody can get an outcome out of your business, you know, out of what you, what you did. And when you do that, like if, if you can keep what am I here to teach people like and, you know, what's this, the outcome that they're going to get? Okay, they're going to walk away with confidence and the ability to take a good photo that could get published. Then yep. your direction is really clear, what you're offering. You don't get swayed. And also um, people are going to keep coming back and they're going to keep telling people. And, you know, when somebody, like I know if I ever take a good photo on my iPhone, I'm like, oh, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a nice validation of a, a growth, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So how did the Academy go? So the Academy, um, so I, like I could have easily just been like, here's one course, but yeah. So I put the nine together. Mm. Um, while I was putting the nine courses together, I was also studying, um, under, it was a course called together we launched. So it was about launching courses and, Mm. um, it was a huge investment that mm. scared the bejesus out of me. And my dad was like, I think you've paid too much. And I'm like, it'll mm. pay off, dad, just wait and see. And mm. um, so I was studying, I was putting the whole course and the launch together. Um, mm. Altogether, the launch took two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, and, I, and there was like a month of work before that as well, still putting the course together. So it's been three and a half months of I tried not to do seven days a week, but there was always something. Um, it's been really exhausting, um, mm. but incredibly fulfilling and the most successful thing that I have ever done. Mm. Um, but I'll be taking a long holiday over So, yeah, it, it launched in, I did a pre-sale that started, um, that's all at the end of September for four days. Um, And we did a little giveaway. So it was like the first person to sign up, you're going to get a refund. You're going to get two years like worth of free Academy as well. And you'll win that in cash as well. So I think like altogether it was like thousand dollar prize or something. And um, we, at the time we had to leave our farmhouse, like it was just getting too old and it was just unsafe for us to live in. So we were living out of motels just to throw mm. a curveball in mm. while I'm creating courses and trying to launch it. And we were yeah. staying at a motel in Gundawindi and um, it launched and I always have my phone on silent and I said to Jace, this course is about to launch, like it's in one minute, I'm going to take the silent off my phone. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the PayPal notification. Yeah, that that we've talked about the ping before. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> hit. Like, yeah, I'm going to hear all my pings. So we popped a bottle of champagne, sat outside the motel room. Travis had no idea what was going on, our little one. And in- Wait, before you tell this, the rest of the story, what did your dad say about this course? <laughs> so I was telling my dad about it and I was like, Dad, I think I'm going to launch this memberships, the storytellers. Um, and I, you know, told him, I'm thinking of like selling it for like $400 a pop. Um, and I'm thinking of getting this many members and he goes, Oh, okay. So he's working it out and he's like, Oh, shit, shit. That's really good. You're going to make $3,000. And I'm like, no dad, no, no, no. 
do the sums again. And he's like, oh, okay. And he goes, oh, my God, you're going to make $30,000. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he was just so proud. He was just like, I, you know, I know you can do this. You're so driven. And he was just, even before I made the money, he was just like, you're going to do this and this is going to be incredible. Mm. And um, we're very much the same personality, Dad and I. Like if we're just like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this happen. And we're two people in our family that stuff just happens. Because there was yeah. a few other people who were like, nah, that can't happen. Well, that was my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let you dob her in. <laughs> no, Kirsty, if you're listening, hello, I'm going to tell this story. And she knows exactly <laughs> what, what it is. I so... would do the same to my sister. <laughs> she wants to be my assistant one day and I'm like, mm, no. Nah. <laughs> I what you said to me. So I was standing in her doorway and I was just like, she was asking me like, how's it all going? And like, um, I was just saying, you know, it wasn't going well and we weren't making that much money, but it's going to work out. You know, I'm going to stick to it and you know, I'm going to be paid to do what I love one day. It's all going to work out. And she's like, enough is enough. As your sister, I'm saying this to you. You were never going to get paid to be yourself go and get a proper job, go and do something because I'm sick and tired of seeing you struggle. And I was just like, you watch one day I'm going to have so much money. I was like, what's your favorite designer? I'm going to buy you one of their handbags. I'm not even going to notice it from my bank account. And she's like, it's not going to happen. Go and get a job. (laughs) Anyway. um, Now and then I will scream. Only sisters can talk like that. (laughs) I know if it was my partner, I'd be like, get out. (laughs) Yeah, You're done. Um, yeah, now and then I'll screenshot my PayPal for the week or something or for the month and just send it over to her and just be like, how's your week been working in nine to five? (laughs) Savage. So let's go back. We're back on the porch where we've got champagne. We're ready to go. Yeah. Yep. And we've got the ping turned on and, um, the launch started and, uh, well, the sale started. And it was 14,004 minutes and um, we were just beside ourselves. Like we were, I don't think we sort of believed that it was really happening. And I think I said this to you, like before the storytellers, it's like I'm waiting for someone to be like, actually, no, this isn't real. Give it all back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it just went on from there. So we, the pre-sale was like 40, 43,000. Wow. six days um yeah and then it was a really big push um from the pre-sale to the public sale so in between there I created another course that I um delivered to my community for free and it was called level up your family photography um it was like a four days of lives so they can like they got content for me and then I was there live for four days to answer questions Mm -hmm. and then um if they liked the way I taught then I introduced them to the storytellers if they were Mm. a good fit for it um yeah and then Mm. the public sale happened and all together um drum roll 101,000 Plus we did a down sell afterwards, a couple of weeks afterwards of the camera basics. So altogether it was a hundred and I like this number, a hundred and eleven thousand one one one. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. 
Man, that story gives me goosebumps and I'm so glad we told it in such great detail because uh, this is honestly why I started my business because to tell this exact story because when I would sit in, when I had my idea for Startup Creative and I would sit at networking events and I would meet people and I'd read books and the number of times I'd be like, oh, and then this happened and that happened and this happened and now I'm this big successful person, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, tell me exactly what happened. (laughs) And I think this is, these stories are so powerful. And I, yeah, I'm so grateful for you to share in such intense detail around every aspect of the highs and the lows. And congratulations for everything that you have achieved in 2020, the year from hell. Yeah, it is insane. I'm so excited for next year too. I'm sort of thinking like if we can do that during a pandemic, Mm. what can we do when we get some normalcy back to our lives? Absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind that you will go even bigger and tenfold this. Man, that's the dream. That's the dream. (laughs) Do you know what I love about it? And I remember I think we had this conversation back in March is – when you the, when you crack the code of digital marketing and the, like showing up with service to be of value and to serve other people and to pour your heart and soul into teaching them everything you've ever learnt and be available and kind and genuine, that that is worth a hundred thousand dollars. You know, like that will make you a hundred thousand dollars. It's a code that you can now that you have cracked and that you can continue to crack because you've proven the formula. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's exactly how I feel about it too. Like it was wasn't just like if you get a big Instagram following, you're gonna get a, a heap of money. Like mm. I feel like my following's pretty like modest. Mm. Um, but the people that are in there, um, I feel really connected to them and I appreciate every single one of them too. Like it's sort of a two-way thing. Like they like what I can teach them, but at the same time, I'm like, you could go anywhere to get your education or you could do it yourself. It would take you longer and be a bit more frustrating, but like I appreciate Mm. every single person that trusts me that comes and I constantly keep that in mind. Like when I um, create something for them, it's almost like, I don't know. I'm giving it to my friends. Like this is actually what I want you to, I want you to be better. I don't just want you to support my family and give me, you know, a life that I want. Um, Yeah. You're you're showing up with value. And I think that is such a standout quality in a business owner and it really, you know, your success and the outcomes that you've achieved have been a testimony to that. So yeah, for anyone listening at home, like I think there's a lot of, incredible wisdom in this story from you know putting in the hard yards I think you know what what really inspired me is that and I talk about it somebody asked me yesterday in a webinar what you know how do you motivate yourself you know and how do you get up and do those seven days a week and I for me I I go your deep sense of why and I need to provide for my family and I need to make my business work and I need to you know um to, to figure this out and it's like I don't know you can it's your story your why but that's what I observed <laughs> yeah I'm the same too like I just want 
because we have we have struggled for a long time like working in the wool sheds it never paid well um you know I wasn't even making minimum wage and working you know like you'd sort of it'd be seven it'd be six days a week and you'd put all this travel and it's hard physical labor the most I ever bought home was 28,000 in a year Mm. and so we have always struggled and Jason is one of these beautiful kind souls that always puts everyone else first and I've always Mm. just wanted to like I want to give him a life that I know he deserves and this Mm. then Travis is just his dad all the same I'm like you guys just deserve the best of everything so that's Mm. that's my why I'm like I I want them to just be comfortable and have an easy life and have yeah not whatever they want like not being obnoxious but I don't want them to struggle anymore they don't he doesn't need to struggle anymore I love your story so much and I feel like we could keep going for hours. I know. um, Thank you so much. And um, I think we're going to have to catch up in like six months or something and and do another check-in and see because I I know what you have planned and I'm really excited to see. Is is there anything that you want to give people a a heads up on, on what's coming up or or what they might like to come and check out? Uh, yeah, so um, early in 2021, um, I'm launching my business mastermind. So it's taking um, all of these beautiful people that I have taught how to teach photography um, and it is setting them up for easy, abundant business in their first few years of photography. So, um, yeah, that's coming early 2021. Get on that because Chantelle lives and breathes this stuff. So I have no doubt <laughs> if you do that course, you will come out the side and have just as much opportunity to do what she has done. And yeah, highly recommend you on all levels. Congratulations and thank you for sharing in so much vulnerability oh, and honesty. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here. And I just want to just like a quick little, I know we've got to get off, (laughs) but I just, I'm so, um, so happy that I discovered you. Um, I just, I remember I was telling you a story. I discovered you because you're on Jai Long's post um, podcast and I was driving at the time and don't, I don't encourage this, but I was like, (laughs) I need to get in touch with Kayleen. So I didn't even pull over. I sent you a message straight away. Like I need you in my life. I need you in my business. And, um, it was just, because that I just happened to listen to that podcast like that I've been able to work with you and um change all of this but you've also been a awesome cheerleader remember once you're like if you ever need to know how awesome you are just give me a call <laughs> <laughs> so I just a massive thank you to you for um yeah helping us get through this year and giving us so much clarity my absolute pleasure. Thank you. It was all you and I'm just here to support <laughs> you. Congratulations and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.